have a few people coming up. The topic is family matters, and family matters can look like family matters, which is important, but it can also be family matters, you know, family shenanigans, family issues, and so it, 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 uh, it can it means more, so we will approach it in both ways, uh, whether you are a middle child or you are a firstborn, whether you are a head of a family or been a part of the family and you no longer feel that way, even if you are uh, living away from anything called a family, you are a family. As long as there is something like a family is around you. So the topic we shall be talking about are going to be parent, parenting uh, with a purpose. Uh, we will handle a family that cares also talk about doing the kingdom well. In the month of uh, November, Dave will be running a special parenting morning on uh, in November. Look out, this is going to be an exciting uh, activity and I have the privilege of uh, handling the topic today, which is overcoming I think, I thought that Andy knows a little bit about my mess. <laughs> and so you thought, what a right person to handle this. And so I really feel very appropriate in handling this because I was raised in a mess. But look what I sent you. <laughs> to explore our topic, we won't deal with my family. We will touch on a family of Joseph in the Bible. Joseph is the son of Jacob. And these are the authors of our Christianity. These are the authors of our faith. Now, if you think my family and yours have problems, the book of Genesis makes it so clear that we're not alone. We have company. Um, and that family problems are not... They are not an exception. They are the norm for them. Since the clock went back last night, we might as well go back and look at the beginning of the Bible to just get a few and, and, and a flavor of what actually happened in the Bible in terms of family issues. Our first story, Mr. and Mrs. Adam, you know what happened in the Garden of Eden, in defending himself after eating the fruit, right? How many hands? Okay, you will go on my technology here. Um, in defending himself after eating the forbidden fruit, what does Adam do? He blames God, throws his wife under the bus. Says, this woman you gave me responsible for this problem that you're seeing here. Sounds like a family problem. And a few years later, they get children. One is Cain, another is Abel. And you know what happened? 
always the first Sunday homily face. It happened in the first family. Now you wonder, these guys had never seen anything like sin, but they were experts at deflecting it. They are experts at lying. They are experts at murdering. Our families are not the only problem. The ones that affect the problem. I thought about the grandfather of believers, Mr. marriage to Sarah was fraught with tension, especially after Ishmael was born. Now, Sarah had asked Abraham to sleep with his house help and get a child. She got a child for Ishmael, and later God miraculously had promised uh, Sarah to have a baby called Isaac. Isaac was born. Around that time, Ishmael's mother, the slave girl, began to despise what was Sarah's advice? Abraham, you're responsible. Send the girl, send the boy and the mother out of the home. To where? To the desert, of course. And this matter troubled Abraham very much. As if that's not enough, later God decides that Isaac was to go, was to go for a night. If you read the Bible between the lines, you'll understand that it didn't Abraham made a choice to go on a trip or on the instructions of God. We know the story. Isaac wasn't killed. And when the Bible says, when I was studying this, I observed that when Abraham came back from that mountain where he was supposed to kill Isaac, he never went back. He went to be a sleeper. And a few verses later, we hear Sarah died. She didn't have baby, but okay. But a few verses later, Sarah dies. Thank you, technology, to come up. Sarah dies, and Abraham goes to bury her. Meaning, there are problems in Abraham's family that made him and Sarah upset. The problems we see in our marriages are not just for us. This man was the forefather of all who believed. made my case for the problem that we that is with this. But let's go now into our character of the day, Joseph. Joseph was born into the family of Jacob. His father was Jacob. Let's look at Jacob's life. Jacob was a dad Jacob was the dad and grandfather of Joseph, the character we're going to be studying today. He was the younger twin. His brother was Esau and as you remember the story Jacob did bad things, stole the blessings that belonged to his older brother. In the older age of uh, Jacob and his wife, Potiphar, they had problems because their son, Esau, the firstborn, had married two enticed women. Not one, but two foreign women. And this matter didn't please them. So, in a sense, they had this firstborn who had the right to the throne, but didn't feel like he was the right guy to take the throne. And uh, when Jacob was still really darling, the mother decides to get pregnant with him. So between the mother and Jacob, the younger son, they decide to steal the blessing. 
Nathan, I mean, Joseph calls to Jacob after stealing the blessing, one to his uncle Laban, and another to Leah. There, he worked very hard to get the first wife to triple marriage status. So he was to marry his uncle's daughter, the one he liked very much. The uncle said, yes, you will work for seven years. The brother worked seven years, and after seven years, he got a speck. He got a speck, he got the older girl. And he had to work for another seven years to get the right one. That family wasn't a fruitful family with children and wives. He marries into a family, forced to marry two women against his will. And so he leaves that family with a bitter taste in his mouth goes and establishes himself. It is there that he gives birth to many children. And one of those was Joseph. Joseph, Jacob wasn't a, a great dad. He hadn't learned many things. He was a very partial dad. He loved Joseph very much because Joseph's mother, who was the woman who he had loved as a child, died after their uh, second born. And uh, so he took all the love and he gave. In a very clear way, he made him bold, colored. And his brothers didn't like it. In fact, whenever they went to work, they were paid handsomely. On one occasion, they sent Joseph to go spend supplies with his brothers. And those brothers decided that Joseph should go. But then later sold him to Egypt, where Joseph goes to prison, master of a slave, goes to prison, and finally God, in his great way, causes him to write Genesis chapter 42. He becomes prime minister of Egypt, second most important person after Pharaoh. And then God again does things, and Joseph is in charge of the world economy at the time. His brothers come to Egypt to look for food, and they missed him. They didn't know who he was. After taking them through many looks, Joseph decides to tell them who he was. And this is where we're going to pick up next week. Continue, the, continue through the, the journey. Uh, we are now in chapter 45 of Genesis. We began in chapter 1. That was a good one. So we shall read, uh, if you have your Bible, uh, hard copy, uh, have it on your phone or on your tablet, we will turn to Genesis chapter 45, and we'll read the 13 verses to help us. This is where Joseph is in Egypt, his brothers have come, he knows who they are, they don't know who he is. Have you been in that place uh, where you meet people you've met? you've done life with before and you know who they are because they haven't changed. But you can't know who you are because you've never changed. You can't believe you've turned out the way you've turned out. I went to school in primary school with a boy called Kenneth. Later we meet at a university and uh, I was leading a Christian union. I was a very serious guy and Kenneth didn't know me. He said, it can't be you. You know, go 
God can put his favor on you so much, people forget. <laughs> but when the favor is not on you, you can remember that you remember. These guys remembered that. Joseph remembered that. We shall read from verse 1. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. And he cried out, How everyone And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and the Pharaoh's household heard about it. That was hard. Joseph said to his brothers, I am here. Is my father still with us? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother the one you sold into slavery. And now, do not be distressed, and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me into Egypt, because it was to save life that God sent me out of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will, be, there will not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives from the threats of the Levites. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God, who made me, who made me father to Pharaoh and lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and hasten. This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all you have. I have, I will provide for you there, because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am Tell my father about all the honor accorded to me in Egypt and about everything you have seen and bring my father down. want to investigate today in order to deal with some of our family issues. There's a word they've been using in our investment classes, the word we used to use at home, uh, nanograms. I feel like it's easy, it's better to call these shenanigans issues, problems, uh, you know, the things that are hard, they are, by virtue of living with someone, there are these things that come up. They're not as bad as they seem. But, yes, Families have issues. So, I put a picture there of uh, the angry faces of Joseph's brothers as they pulled him into the pit. The last picture, the last image of his brothers 
the last view of what they have. And, and you might be here and you have, you have probably been separated from a relationship, a family or friends. And you have in your mind a vivid image of what they did. When they threw him down into that pit, what was their faces like? The anger, the bitterness, the resentment. Joseph lived with this for probably two or three years. But the godly spirit in Joseph never died, despite the many years. And I don't know about you, but when you live in a situation, you live in, 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 a, in somebody's house, maybe a household, a place, and then he lived in jail. We don't know how long he was in jail, but what we know is the whole total sum of that time was about 13 years. And he lived in that situation. But it seems to me like Joseph did not forget his roots in God. Outwardly, he learned the language. Outwardly, he learned the culture. He changed so much his brothers could not recognize him. But inwardly, there was a transformation that he never changed. Let me make my first point here. You parents, as parents, if we can't do anything, let's give our children a chance to succeed. So it doesn't matter what they will ever go through. It doesn't matter what life will throw at them. They will have some place to go back to. Some place to go solid. Some place to go green. And that is the Lord. So lesson on forgiveness from Joseph's messy family is what I want to address now. Number one, I thought there are three lessons I like to pick from Joseph's life for us to take away as we ponder on the challenges that we have. And probably as I talk about family challenges and family disagreement and family conflict and family shenanigans, you have your thoughts coming to your mind. But I'd like to address the issue of forgiveness, which Joseph had to contend with. His brothers were cowards. His brothers were cowards towards him. They had wanted to kill him at one point. Then they decided to, 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 to sell him to guys who were definitely reckless. He was in this home where he was accused falsely. He, he went to jail, and, and, and there he was forgotten by the people he was very generous with his gift always. And he had a lot of layers to him, and they all went back to Joseph. Joseph had to deal with guilt. Now he's in this place where they depend on him, where they need him. In fact, their life depended on him. Joseph had to address the issue of forgiveness. And that's the issue I like to address. Number one, true forgiveness protects. In verse 1 of chapter 45, the Bible says, Then Joseph could no longer control himself before his attendants. And he cried out, Make everyone leave my presence. Why? So there was no one in prison when he made himself known. This was a moment of reckoning. Joseph now needed to address the elephant in the room. He'd been skirting around the issue. And now was the time to address 
the issue between him and his brother. They didn't know him. He knew them. He was going to tell them who he was, but there was an issue between them. Joseph really felt that. And he said, I am Reuben, your brother, the one who you, you sold into slavery. The Bible says that he dared to say in a situation where I have a quick moment to let them know and let the world know how horrible these people are in the process of slavery. We really try to forgive, but in a way that's hard. You forgive someone, but they go away with a bitter taste. They go away with this feeling like, I want to get out of this place. Joseph did not just forgive them. He protected them. Jesus knew very well, these people are going to come to us, and they're going to live with my servants and my children. There's such a thing as, when you have a friend, who seems like they, they feel permission to hurt the person who hurt them. So these Egyptians, if they knew that Joseph's brothers had been children, Probably they would have treated them very bad. So Joseph protected them. Truly forgiving and protecting them. The reputation of his brothers before they came to be also He addressed the elephant in the room. When we forgive, it is important to talk about don't have to go into the detail, but it's important that someone understands what really goes on in their heart. And why do we forgive? Because God needs us. Because this is what God owes us to do. Do we forgive after they have asked for permission to be forgiven? No. It doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to wait for them to apologize. First Peter chapter 4, verse 3, the Bible says, Above all, love each other because love covers over a multitude of We are to allow love to overcome our hearts. And it's okay to express emotion. As you can see, the, uh, Joseph expressed his emotion. It doesn't come to a style. Joseph said to his brothers, come, let us go. 
when they had come, when they had done so, he said, I am your brother, Joseph. But I put him away as the one who sold you to slavery. Hey, you need to know what to do. And now, do not be distressed. And do not be angry with yourself for selling me cries with him. He allows the negative emotions to come out. Now, definitely this wasn't the first time Joseph had been given this trouble. He might, he must have gone through this many times. He went through this also the time, the, the many times they came to the grain and you know the story that you just heard. But I think in the in, in prison and, and, and in, in the different places where Joseph was, it must have so it's a journey I recognize, and I'm not asking you to jump out of your seat now and say, let's go and do this. It's a journey, but it's important to undertake. And when we do, let's pursue Let's pursue those who are forgiven. Because for some people also, they have a journey to receive the forgiveness. A lot of people might find it really difficult to receive the forgiveness. And it might be that you are in the other place. You are the one being forgiven. How do you receive? How do you make the person who is coming to you to receive, to give you forgiveness, recognize that they are forgiven? So invited them, kissed them, and he addressed the issue. Jesus, in forgiving us, says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come drink. Come eat. Jesus himself, the causes of his kingdom, he invites us. He pursues us. And so as children of God, we are to pursue those who are forgiven. In the book of Romans, I have already said it. Uh, in the book of Romans, chapter 5, Bible says that God demonstrates his love for us in this way. While we were still sinners, God died for us. In a sense, let the never be forgiven, even those who have not abandoned us. I think if you are part of a family, there must be why we're talking about that, if you're part of a family, there must be someone who you need forgiveness from. I think that as we get out of here, apart from thinking about the people who hurt us, let's think about the people who have hurt us. As fathers, how have we hurt our families? How have we hurt our children? How have we hurt our neighbors? But what we have done, sometimes what we haven't done, think about that, especially us guys in Africa, we, we living in places like this, we end up working very many hours, and we have a good excuse that we want to bring to Jesus' face. But sometimes we know that we didn't have to be called by the 
or even go away from us and we leave our children to their mother or the mother leaves the children to the father family children want to understand why daddy was not there when I did my first physical training in school and yes yes daddy you will have money question to you, my friend, is are you sure what you're doing is good? I do understand a situation where we have to go away. I do understand. But when we successfully do that, we train our marriages, we train our children, and we create great leaders. Whether you are the victim or the offender, address the issue of forgiveness versus reconciling. There is a place to forgive. Reconciling is an entirely different thing. Because to reconcile means that you go through what Joseph went through to create a situation where they come back to each other. What about if the person insists forgiveness is wrong himself or is unwilling to forgive? That is understandable. final point on this is that it says love protects I mean forgiveness protects forgiveness begins now forgiveness has a right to occur it's another point I, I, I see in verse 7 Joseph says but God has been unable to preserve the single remnant and destroy the life of our ancestors bad memories, those conversations he keeps hearing. And I imagine Joseph in a pit and hearing conversations from his brothers saying, you see, what has that done to you? Put it in perspective. Joseph managed to honor God and say to him a word which pained God so much. And your pain is justified. You're justified through the pain, but God can use the pain. He's not the author of the pain, but he wants to use that pain. Jesus wants to use that pain. Jesus wants to use that, that, that pain for our protection, for good. I have talked about three things. Talked and talked about the great family of God. How love, through love, through forgiveness, And I don't know what made you offended. I don't know whether you are the offender or you are the victim. It might be a pain from divorce. It might be a pain from parents that hurt you. It might be trust that was broken by a person you really trusted. And you want to get over it. But it comes up in your mind. Memories. I call them thought objects. Or conversations. Tell him. 
good compositions are weak. The past cannot be undone, but certainly can be changed. And today, we are coming to the end of the past. In closing, I want to talk about divine intervention. And I'll just read this portion, and then I'll invite uh, Mr. Lynch to come forward. Bible says in Isaiah chapter 29, it gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the faint. You might be here and you feel like you need to have come. In fact, there is another group of people who feel that coming is well, I have news for you. Two pieces of news. First of all, if you think you can't forgive yourself, that's next to the strength When David sinned, he says, unto you, O God, have I sinned. We sin unto God. That bitterness, that pain, that, that guilt you feel, you bring to God. God is ready to forgive you. So we have no business talking about ourselves and forgiving ourselves. We are not our God. God is not the author of your pain. What you're going through is not anything God has in hand. And God is not capable of it. Let's allow this challenge to teach us that the Holy Spirit is divine ability. God can help you melt your heart whether you need forgiveness or you need Recognizing that God is helping you is what I'm talking about today. God will never call us to do something without giving us everything we need. And even if we think we don't have everything, He has given us everything we need. He promises to give us Even if you want to just spend time with the Lord, to call His Spirit, to call them to pour your heart out. If you want prayer, I'm going to invite my friends to lead us in that. God is calling us to various tasks. We are not alone. The different shenanigans, it might not be 